You're locked into Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast with your hosts, EZD, Derek Jaws, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaterski, Bold Claim, Ben Yelich, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Statman. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast is part of the BICBP radio network. Check us out online, www.bicbp-radio.com. What's going on, folks? Welcome to this week's edition of Hats, Tats, and Stats, episode 119. Hats, Tats, and Stats is a championship-caliber pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York. However, this week we are based in Alfred, New York again. They have trusted me, Bold Claim Ben, with hosting the show for a second week in a row. Um, And a very special announcement, we are going to be running this podcast all the way through March. And I got the boys with me again. I got Ling Ling, Corey Solera. I got Clayton Teeter, Teets, and we got Nate Marrero. Nate, introduce yourself. And don't uh, be like Corey, who just says his name and then just hides off. You never said anything other than you just said introduce myself. <laughs> um, I'm Nate. Uh, I'm on the track team here, I guess. I guess that's like the best intro I can give you. And I'm also a Broncos fan, so that's like uh, the secret I like to keep from everybody right now. So why are you why are you a Bonds Broncos fan? Uh, so the big reason I'm a Broncos fan is um, I was a Peyton Manning fan. So when I first started getting into football, uh, I really liked Peyton Manning when we, he was with the Colts. Um, uh, I forgot what Super Bowl they played the Saints in. Yeah, that was uh, one of the worst experiences I've had as a young person watching sports. I didn't. Um, so I wasn't then, allowed to watch uh, through halftime for that one. I had to go to bed early. That was yeah, too young. Well, I, I I remember that one because I was um I was a very big Colts fan during that era too. I mean that was Bill's playoff drought for me. So I picked a playoff team to cheer for every year, and the Colts were my team. And it's definitely a reason why Broncos are up there for one of my favorite teams as well. But Peyton Manning is elite, and f- fuck Tom Brady. You know, yeah. Well, it sucked the first year that I think the first year he got traded to Denver, they went to the Super Bowl. So ever since then, my stepdad's picked on me and called me a bandwagon uh, for that exact kind reason. Of. Yeah, but I mean, I mean yeah. Honestly, still young enough, pick a team. Yeah. I guess. No, I and I always say that if like if you're that young, like you're gonna pick the best team. You're when you're that young, you're bandwagoning for sure. But like. If you're going to stick with the team all the way up through now, you're definitely not a bandwagon, especially with how the Broncos are at, as of right now. Yeah, I feel like the past seven years definitely makes up for it. I mean, Clayton's in a different spot with the Jets, but we won't go there. Yeah, we definitely went there last week. So, all right, Nate. <laughs> I did this last week with the boys. Explain your season uh, roughly and what you think – you guys should be doing this off season. Um, I mean, I think we're trending in the right direction. I don't think everything's going to fix itself. Uh, they've clearly made some pretty big moves getting Sean Payton. I'm um, still interested to see who they're going to get. Um, I don't think they've made a decision for their OC and uh, DC because E.G. Rowe Evero left. And obviously the Jets picked up Nathaniel Hackett. So, um, I'm interested to see where the coaching staff is going to take this team because it's a pretty defensively, they're pretty young and coachable and pretty good. I mean, Justin Simmons was up there uh, for interceptions. 
this year and he missed out on five games. So that's, that's pretty impressive to me at least. And also uh, a young quarterback or corner with uh, Patrick Sertan. And I mean, Clayton's pretty, pretty fortunate to have sauce Gardner because I feel like once you have those set, uh, defensive pieces, then it makes uh, focusing on your offense a lot better. I thought I thought sauce yeah, wasn't that good. Yeah, now. I thought sauce, sauce wasn't that good. After that, yeah. Where's... Listen, listen. Everybody <laughs> has dumb ideas. I looked at the film wrong. It was a post on the NFL Instagram page, and I thought Sauce Gardner wasn't good. And now I realize that that was really fucking stupid. Oh yeah. <laughs> so honestly, I think the Broncos are really interesting, and uh, this is my reason. Um, because they have by far one of the best defenses in football, and they're very young, so they're gonna get better. The only reason why they weren't a good team is because their offense. So they fix a couple of their offensive woes. I feel like you got a competitive football team. I don't. In my opinion, I don't predict the Broncos going to the playoffs next year. No, I, I do I do think you stay. guys are definitely going in the right direction, but here's my reason. It is so tough to get a quarterback and a new head coach on the same page at the beginning of a season for a whole season. And now Russ and Sean Payton are definitely vets, and they definitely know what they're doing, but – for a first half of the season, I feel like you might still see a little bit of offensive struggle. Um, you might still see some of the same uh, things of last year. It definitely might be better than last year, but it's you definitely guys, you will approve, but I don't know if you guys are necessarily a playoff team. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, I, I, I'm like kind of a catch 22 person. Like I think that getting Sean Payton, and Russell Wilson was really great for the team, but obviously we saw that it came with a cost uh, last season with having Nathaniel Hackett. And I, I thought it was going to be great. I was so excited for it. I was more excited for Russell Wilson. And I thought, you know, kind of Adam Gay situation that Nathaniel Hackett turned into. Um, I was excited for him because he was working with Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay, came in, thought he was going to be a young, good uh, head coach. Just didn't turn out that way. So I got my hopes up. Um but now with a veteran um, head coach and Russ, I think, yeah, you're right. They're going to butt heads or like they're going to keep feeling each other out, especially in the beginning part of the season. But I think um, like the way that Russ was playing at the end of the season, last season with Jerry Rosenberg, I don't know if it's going to be the same kind of kind of way, but going back and looking at the way that the Broncos played the Chiefs in both their games, I felt that both of them were pretty competitive and I don't know which game that they came back in like the third quarter and ultimately ended up losing. I think that was the second game and they had to put Brett Ripien in because Russ got the big goose egg on his head. Like the Broncos to me just look like they're going to be a good team. They just have to put all the pieces right to like together. So I mean, that's I've, every team, but I, so the other thing that is going to be very unfortunate uh, for the boys is that you guys do not currently have a first round pick. And from the looks of it, I'm looking right now. I do not see a second round pick either. So your first pick is going to be round three pick 67. Ah, two away from greatness. 
So you pick 67 and 68. Those are your first two picks. I mean, you could definitely try trading up. You got two back-to-back third rounders, and you can try moving up maybe to the second, maybe, maybe, just maybe to the first if you package with another um, vet on your team, possibly like an offensive lineman. Um, But I I think that does put you guys at a little bit of a disadvantage, um, not having a first, first overall pick. But I do think that you guys, you guys have some weapons. You guys have some talent on your offense that it could. You might not need that first round pick. Yeah, and that's I. We have had this conversation before, I think. Um, and I don't necessarily uh, like. I think that having a first round and a second round pick is definitely beneficial. Yes. But I also think that, like you said, we do have a lot of things that we can work off without having those picks. Young talent's great, um, but we also do have a lot of young talent that's still on our team. Like we still have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, uh, Javante Williams, and Javante Williams is going to be working with Latavius Murray. You know, so there's there's a lot of good talent uh, offensively that I'm that I want to see. Um, especially with our line, like our line's pretty decent if they can stay healthy. I mean, losing um, Garrett Bowles with a broken you're leg is huge. You're starting to sound like Clayton now. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it's just the woes of the NFL. I mean, it no, that's that is that's a good point. And at the end of the day, you look at the two teams that made it to the Super Bowl. They had fantastic offensive lines, and they were healthy. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Obviously, the Bengals did not have a very good offensive line, and the Bills have been struggling for the past few years trying to find consistent starters um, to play for them. And that that's that's a big thing is can you protect your quarterback? And at the end of the day, like the Chiefs just won a Super Bowl directly because they held the freaking Eagles to zero sacks. One of the best D lines in the league, too. Exactly, it shows you how I mean, that's, valuable an O line, or how valuable an O line is. And that's that's definitely a little bit of Andy Reid in there, and definitely a little bit of Mahomes. And we discussed that a little bit last yeah. week. But like the extent of having a good offensive line like that, that is very vital to winning in the NFL, and it shows. It's just as vital as having a good defense. Defense wins championships. And at the end of the day, like. Yeah, the Chiefs might have the greatest quarterback in the league at the moment, and he just won a Super Bowl. But behind the scenes, their offensive line, their uh, offensive play calling, and their defense, in my opinion, is what really won them the Super Bowl. I don't think Mahomes really stood out as an absolute like stud in that Super Bowl up until the very end in the last drive when he was making consistent throws. But... Correct me if I'm wrong. You, I mean, you guys think Mahomes went like sicko mode, for lack of a better term. I mean, we talked about it last week. Didn't he? Him and Hurts had what the top ten best performances in the Super Bowl ever. So I mean, yeah. but I think the difference between those two in that game was Patrick Mahomes like had a lot to fall back on. Jalen Hurts was like. Putting it all on himself, like three yeah. rushing touchdowns. Jalen Hurts basically carried that offense on basically. Well, yeah. So played so, his heart out. So basically, like coming down to it, yeah, like both quarterbacks <laughs> uh played very, very well, and especially in the Super Bowl era, like top ten performances from both quarterbacks in one game, which is crazy. But like I still think 
the Chiefs won because they had a better de- a better defensive day than the Eagles did and a better offensive line at that moment. Yeah. Well, I it was really their defense. I mean, they played incredible. They were hitting from like the start of the game. Like um Devontae oh, Smith got yeah, rocked. Yeah. He was getting rocked that yeah, whole game. Like first drive just hammered and just I mean his size finally came to show. He was doing so well all season, like despite being one of the smaller receivers in the league. And then this game he was getting hit like play after play. And that defense just played harder than the other side. Uh the other D. Yeah, that defense showed up to play. Ours the Eagles came out, I think. They came out strong, but I think the Chiefs' second half adjustments were just too much for the Eagles' defense, and we couldn't adjust to it. So go, going back to the Broncos real quick, Nate, um, what do you think is your most vital position that you need at the moment? Um, that's honestly a good question. Um, I I would have said – I mean, I – yeah, I'd go with outside linebacker losing Bradley Chubb and obviously like losing Von Miller a couple of years ago. Uh, it's obviously not ideal for our situation, but I mean, we have guys on our D line like Draymond Jones and Randy Gregory that are just, when they stay healthy, they're animals. And same thing with uh, Baron Browning. There's just raw talent. They just have to get coached up. So, so you're saying you I, probably need more more depth players yeah. to fill, fill those roles just in case the injuries go down? Yeah, and that definitely that and, like, offensive line, um, especially on the right side. I know that Quinn Miners – Quinn Miners is a dog, but, I mean, outside of him and depth-wise, like, just injury is just a, a huge thing that has affected us. Uh, we also lost, uh, our I think, uh, our head strength – coach left also so i think there's going to be some pretty big changes coming into the culture with the broncos which is going to be pretty pretty interesting to see how that changes within like the next couple of years so um yeah i would just say outside linebacker some depth players especially on the line and and maybe some middle linebacker help but i like alex singleton and josie jewel had a couple picks and watching him play he just just looked like a an amazing athlete this season at times. And it was just like, it, it, that was like the best times for me to watch the Broncos. All right, we'll move, we'll move on to the next uh, topic here. Um, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about um, high school sports and new sports, you know, don't want to live too much in the past, but sometimes you can reminisce a little bit and, you know, looking back, you know, just, college sports is coming to an end for all of us at the moment. And I think it's a good time to like reflect on uh, how sports has like molded us through life. So like probably the earliest example that I can think of, of like just competing. Um, I was playing hockey for uh, DePew Saints. I must've been no more than like 10 or 12 at this time. Um, and it's the first and only championship game I've ever played in. Um, and I just remember being in the locker room at that age and like just the energy behind it. And it's, a, it's an energy I don't think I've ever felt since. I think probably the closest is when um, 
there was a season of football where we only had one loss um, to a team that I would rather not say. Um, but we, it, that was probably the closest and that, that winning feeling, like I chase that all the time. And it's, I think it's what like led me to, to where I'm at right now playing college football, um, watching my brother play, uh, watching big diesel play football and watching him win a section championship that definitely also put that drive in me to uh, one up him, even though that definitely didn't happen, <laughs> but um, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll start with Clayton cause he's been quiet for here a little bit and uh, just talk about like your sports growing up. What sports did you play? Good memories, bad memories, all that fun shenanigans. Um, Sports have definitely like, have played probably the largest part in my life for making me who I am today. Like as a lot of my friends and family know, I'm a super competitive person, like even with myself. And that's, I don't started... think you're competitive at all. <laughs> and <laughs> definitely that, not. That kind of started with me as like a kid in like youth wrestling coming from a school with arguably the greatest college wrestler of all time, Kyle Dake and getting to be around him going to youth states as a child, getting to wrestle in these like big, um, the Ithaca field house with a bunch of people in the stands and the Cornell wrestling team was there. And it was just like a experience that I've, I've never forgotten. And since then it's just pushed me to become a greater athlete and person and everything. And that really led into, um, like after I moved, high school sports like like put gave me a place in a in a completely different world like i just got to go in to a, a team and that just brought me friends and it was honestly the greatest experience ever like i i play college football now but honestly it's nothing like high school football was it was probably my favorite experience i've ever had honestly i'll tell you this in it I definitely feel it for college football, um, but I felt it way more for high school football. The biggest thing I will miss ever is getting ready for a game day for a football game, getting the uniform on, standing in line with your team, and just a melodic march walking towards the field and hearing nothing but cleats hit the fucking pavement and you can like hear the like stadium in the background with like uh warm up music like that like that gives me chills to this day and like i think like i still think about all those games that i played um in high school and like it is it's a sound i will 100% miss and like thinking about it like makes me sad like i don't want to like think about yeah. like le- leaving leaving that sound like right there there's nothing in that world in the world that pumps me up more than that or like national anthem before the game yeah i mean i'm with you there and a lot of people will say they love like home games and stuff but i think there's nothing better than walking into like another team's um stadium with their crowd and getting to silence them like my sophomore year my team was uh, ranked top 10 in the state 
and we're going to Canandaigua, who had scheduled us as their homecoming, oh, or, sorry, their homecoming game, because historically Brighton wasn't very good, but our coach did a great job rebuilding the program, starting from strength and conditioning and all that. But we were ranked top 10, but I think they were ranked third, and we weren't supposed to win that game. And we went into their homecoming, and this is like, they kept their field where their school used to be, and there's houses that go right up to the fence of the I stadium. I love that. And I love that high school vibe where there's there's like backyards and yeah. like that is awesome. That's like the best vibe. They had lined like they had fans lining every fence. It was yeah. It was like a col- like it was better than any atmosphere I've been a part of in college so far. But it came down to overtime and we scored first. And uh, they ended up going for two when they scored in overtime, and we picked it off in the uh, in the end zone to win the game. And it was like just I've never heard such a large group of people go quiet so fast. Oh yeah, like it was amazing to be a part of. I could tell you, there's there's two crowd interact interactments that I've been a part of that have definitely like molded my life. Um. And one of them is always Lancaster Depew. Um, every every year that I played in it, every year that I went to it, um, up until recently, just because of the struggles of uh, Depew football. And I know they're they're definitely been a little bit better in the past years, but um, when you get that amount of people coming to a high school football game, I mean, we had we had Bills guys, Bills players coming to our games. Like that's how big these games were, and uh, like when you, they line the field like four deep, and like especially when we went to, went to Lancaster and they had a massive, massive like stands just to fit all of their students, and it still wasn't enough. Like definitely, definitely one of my favorite experiences. Um, and then. Like I've I've been a part like I've watched a couple like really good Lancaster DPU games, um in my time, but like one personally for me, um we were playing Olean, and it was also their homecoming game. Like I played a ton of homecoming games, um but we're playing Olean, and I just remember them having one of the craziest student sections I've ever seen, which is one of the weirdest schools to have like a good student section for high school. But like, I remember as their homecoming, they had like the red chalk and they would like, they were like throwing it up in the air and like, it was a freaking party. And they had this weird sunken uh, stadium with like an actual like horseshoe around. Um, It was super cool. But like, yeah, nothing. I don't think there's ever been a college atmosphere quite like that. I think the closest I've ever gotten to it was probably um, this year against Ithaca against us. That Ithaca, yeah. that Ithaca atmosphere was absolutely different than any other like home, any other away game I've ever been to. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. I mean. Even though we were on the the bad end of it, we had drunk dads at like what cursing 10 us out, yeah, yeah ten a.m. <laughs> just saying, "Oh, we're gonna beat you by fifty All this, you stuff. guys, you guys fucking blow. I'm like, thanks, man. 
Like, <laughs> I mean, that that's was, cool. Right. <laughs> we, 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 that was, yeah, was not right. one of our best games, but. No, not at all. Um, yeah. Corey, what about you? Good, good, bad memories, high school sports. Uh, you used to ski before, right? Okay. Uh, when I was younger, I was a skier. So it was like, I guess it was one that was like two. Uh, my dad skied. So my dad I feel and my like, aunt skied. I feel like out of all of us, you've done like probably the more obscure sports. And the rich sports. <laughs> the rich sports. <laughs> I mean, the only one would be skiing. That's about it. Other than maybe rugby, but that's not rugby. really. Yeah, but skiing, I mean, skiing, I used to love skiing. It, I used to do it every weekend. And when I was two, I guess I got, I don't really remember it, but I got put on the skis right around that age. And I guess a couple of years later, maybe when I was like five or six, I was skiing. I was skiing better than probably kids, like teenagers, or like I was definitely advanced for my age. And then just kept, I kept progressing and got to the point where I was taking lessons and they were like, all right, we're going to put you more in a competitive style. So I did that and I did it a couple times and then I realized I didn't like it. It was, it was too much pressure and I kind of, I, it just, it didn't go well. I, I, I was really slow. Um, and I think I ended up wiping out near the end. And then after that, I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm just going to ski for fun now. And other than that, I mean, football, my high school football experience was, and honestly, I debated coming to college playing football because of it. I, I hated my coach. I hated our staff. And most of the kids, our team, it felt like we were all one and we were all together and we all treated each other like we we're all friends, but we really weren't. We had, there were like different groups and it was, we all kind of were like divided. And then, yeah, I had a very similar experience probably around my senior year as well. Yeah. And then our coaching staff, it was more, they did the typical, okay, we're going to pick our captains and you know how a coach picks their favorites. That's oh, yeah. exact. That's exactly what my high school coach did. He picked about five uh, the five captains we had. Those were our favorites, and they couldn't do anything wrong. And I remember, I think a QB one game it was either a June my junior or senior year. He oh, it was our junior year. We were playing in a the Conlon Ferris Bowl, which is around section five. It's called the Toilet Bowl. <laughs> so we were playing Penfield and. We've never we I don't think we in like program history we lost to Penfield, and we beat them I think sixty to seven the first time we played them. We ended up losing seventeen to fourteen because our coach didn't want to pull a QB after throwing six picks. That's Jeez. that's a tough scene. He yeah he, he upped Nathan Peterman by one. No, uh, yeah, it, <laughs> it, it it was pretty bad. It was getting to the point where the crowd started to boo, and it it was bad. And then yeah. we lend we ended up losing. In overtime because Penfield they run they run a wing T and oh I love in. playing those teams. Well, I, I I I wasn't a fan of it, but there was too much moving for for me. 
I was I was confused. You just you but... just got to scheme against it, right? If you well, have pro- a good scheme against it, they can't do anything. They can't move the ball. So uh, that's on that's on coaching staff. Yeah. So what ended up happening was one of the wing guys because they would motion every single play. So yep. we'd have I think we'd have a linebacker. We had I think our strong side linebacker follow follow the guy that was going in motion, and it completely opened up because. I remember because I was playing, I was on the field during it. We were told to take a box step outside and make sure nothing comes outside of us. So once once the guy goes in motion, a linebacker follows him, and then our safety is nowhere to be found, and it's a fullback dive, and it's a touchdown for twenty yards, yeah. and that's how we lose. That's tough. Yeah, yeah. That's tough. I mean, I I agree with Ben. Like the scheme against wing tees, if you do it right. Especially, it, they can't do anything. Especially no. since the quarterbacks normally can't throw the ball. So, yeah. like when we played Spencerport, who would, ran wing T for years, and they were generally pretty successful. But my senior year, um, we played them, and we ran a three-four. So this game we dropped to a four-four just because they weren't spreading the ball out. But instead of having the two middle linebackers line up over the guards, they had me right in like over center. And then two yards behind me was the other middle linebacker, my friend Najib. Um, he uh, he would follow me, so I would read guards. I would go to where the opposite side of where the guard pulled. I would blow up the pulling guard, like just head to head, and then Najib would come behind me and just clean it up. And I think they got negative yards that game. And then we ended up with like four picks because they started to try to throw the ball. Yeah. I I definitely I definitely miss those days, but um, like going back to what Corey said, I had a I had a pretty similar experience, uh, where it kind of felt like we were a team, but like it wasn't by our senior year. There wasn't a lot of like we said we were friends, but we weren't really, and that was that was a tough part. We like just got through like a coaching change, um, which was tough. And the worst part is like that team that we had in years past felt like the team that was probably going to go all the way and get sectionals and maybe make it to States. That's like the same we, thing with the team we had. I we mean, was... we were, we were that team throughout our entire like modified JV career. Um, and at the end of the day, high school football is really about how many guys you can retain and who hits puberty? Yeah. It's, it's and that's true. it's what is yeah. it's the hard truth of it because like we got we got down to my senior year and honestly even junior year we got down to my junior year and I I played fullback and middle linebacker my whole life and we got down to my junior year and we ran out of big guys because not everybody was hitting puberty and by the time it was my senior year I was on offensive line and defensive line. I was our heaviest offensive lineman at 220, which is ridiculous. And I was also our shortest offensive lineman. Um, And that that goes to, like, section six. I mean, you don't have to have the biggest offensive lines to win football in section six. But, honestly, the teams that do have have bigger guys. I mean, I remember a time uh, before my brother played when I was watching UPU football – and it's just kind of the luck of the small schools. Like you either have these kids, or you don't, but there was a time where we were averaging like six to 300 pounds. Like we had a solid 
D3 to D1 offense, uh, D1 offensive line. We had um, a kid that ended up going to the NFL, bouncing around some practice squads. Um, another kid that went D1, um, a guy who tried out for the CFL. Like we had big dudes. And uh, I mean, you guys have seen my brother, like, if he would have played when I played, he would have definitely been an offensive lineman. But during that time, because of the guys we had, he played tight end and middle linebacker. And he got to have that experience that I probably didn't. Um, which, you know, I don't I don't regret my uh, high school football career in the slightest because it's got me to where I am today. And I play defensive line for college ball. And, like, I love, I love my position and I wouldn't trade it for the world, but. We're going to take a break here in a second because time's about to run out on us. Um, not buying Zoom Pro. That's the actual like name for it, but we'll we'll get back to it um, with Nate, and then we'll talk a little bit about college basketball and college football. You're tuned in to the Hats, Tats, and Stats Spring Break College Takeover. Now let's get back to Bold Claim Ben and the boys in the Dirty Elf. And we are back. We came up with a nickname for Nate. We're deciding between uh, Naderade and what was the other one that we liked? Napoleonic Nate. No, I think it was Naughty Nate. <laughs> Naughty Nate. I like Naughty Nate. Napoleonic Nate just is too many syllables. I disagree. It's it perfect. Flows, nice. yeah, it, it, it rolls off the tongue. Yeah, but imagine that intro. That'd just be forever. I'm down with Naderade. I mean, the only ones making the in like intro at this point would be me for the college boys and uh, Jaws. So that's more of a Jaws question than my question. But I'll go with Napoleonic Nate. It rolls off the tongue. See, yeah, but like Naderade, I, sounds- I like. We'll, we'll, we'll I rock. Naderade's with, good. We'll rock with Nate Naderade. Um, all right, Naderade. Yeah, let's. <laughs> Let's talk about some eight-man football. Yeah, so uh, it's it's weird. Um, so for us, they didn't, like, shrink the field at all. So, I mean, coming in that year, it was kind of interesting because we didn't really think we were going to have a football team. We were all – all my friends and I were trying to figure out what schools that we were going to go try to play for. There was, like, a couple of schools within, like, uh, 15 – to 25 minute range that we'd have to drive just we'd have to drive there um after school and and do that um because people just didn't want to play football man and uh like i was definitely one of those people uh, i i debated playing like soccer or doing something else uh just just to stay active really um but we ended up having a team um joined eight man um it was it was pretty fun uh it was definitely weird having only eight people on the field, the conditioning was crazy. Um, and I, I only revisit that again is because over like summer, um, like the summer sessions that we had, our, our defensive coordinator was also one of my track coaches. So he was just coming up with things left and right. Like we were just, we were doing like a snake drill up every five yards. Uh, I think we would side shuffle, the length of the field backpedal five yards and then keep doing that snaking back and forth all the way the whole 110 yards. So that was, yeah, I've done that. I've done that before. Yeah. That, one, fun. that that hurt 
a lot. Um, yeah. But yeah, you just got to do some stuff like that. It was, it was pretty demanding. I mean, it was a lot. So I mainly just played corner. So it was a lot of like backside tackles that I'd be making and just booking it for like 40, 50 yards because, you know, as soon as you get to the outside, I mean, you're pretty much just going. You got nothing stopping you. You have, you make all the right blocks and someone gets a decent open field block on the, that, that corner and you've really got um, nothing in your way. So I, I made a couple uh backside tackles that was fun. Um, I ended up getting a pick six. Uh, so, I mean, I had a lot of fun with it. it. I was playing some schools that like I never thought would be um, in that league. But I mean, if I start saying names of schools, it's it's going to sound like Greek, um, especially just being in section three. I want to hear but, some of these names. Yeah. So uh, let me, I mean, you went, you went to a school called West Canada Valley in yeah. the middle of New York. So like, I don't want to hear it. That's <laughs> weird enough as it is. Yeah. Honestly, it was really fun. Like, I'd go to track meets and then be like, you guys are from Canada? Like, no, no, we're definitely not from Canada. But yeah. Um, uh, so it was us, uh, Sherburne Earlville. That's a name. Um, Weedsport. Weedsport. Uh, that the, sounds awesome. It's outside of Syracuse. Um, but they, they actually had a huge team. So. Um, I think the cutoff was you had to have 18, you had to have at least 18 suited up for eight man. And then for 11 man, you have to have at least 28 suited up and ready for game day. Um, which I think that they were over that limit and, but they were still down at eight man. Hmm. So it was kind of crazy. And then like, cause there's another school, um, this is actually the school that my, my two cousins, uh, go to, uh, it's called. Bishop Grimes out in Syracuse, they actually choose to stay in eight man every year for football. So they, we played them. Um, I'm trying to think of a couple other schools that we played. We, we played a school. Um, I don't believe it. No, it was my senior year. We played a school called climber Sherman, Panama, and it was what? three, three schools combined, but you can't say it without like, thinking of like wizard of oz like lions tigers and bears oh my it's like uh climber sherman panama oh my like <laughs> it's just like oh boy they they call themselves the wolf pack and they actually won a couple of section titles in the past few years they were they're a pretty good team um they were a d school um because they literally are three schools combined but i i wonder if they were an eight-man team in the past because i didn't really recognize them until my senior year um and i know schools like in section six like uh maple grove um went to eight man um one of our one of our teammates actually uh went to maple grove and he played eight man um yeah, you, yeah, I mean, it's honestly kind of surprising that like, how many schools are going down to eight man just because of numbers, really. It's it's just it's just football nowadays. Um, football numbers are going down in general. It's it's a big concern about um, concussions and parents aren't letting their kids play football, and I mean that's a shame. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like every kid it should be mandatory for everyone to play football from- in America. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> the life lessons alone that you learn playing oh, football 100%. is it can't be taught any other way. And I feel like that's why kids are getting so soft. Like all these kids aren't I playing football. I 100% agree with you. Yeah, it's it's getting pretty bad. Is it that they're just soft or are we just getting old and we're recognizing the generation below us? Like I I we're definitely obviously Gen Z, but I don't feel Gen Z. Like I'm a like I feel like a 90s baby, even though we were all born in like 2001. Like yeah. I look like I even look at our like our freshman class and I'm like, oh, boy, if that's our generation, like after not like this is getting more politics than it is getting into sports. But still, like uh, they, they do cross roads every once in a while. And like some of these kids, like the work ethics that I see out of them. Like, oh, it's it's atrocious. It's it's abysmal. Like, and it's kind of like, like I think about it as like myself. I'm like, why don't you guys want to get better? Yeah, like no. there, there's just a little piece of me. Like, why why don't you want to put in the extra work? Like, right. I don't understand that. I like, think COVID's got. I think uh, like them being the freshmen now, them going through high school through COVID. It's definitely got. I think that's got some kind of play through it. Like they, they got high school a little bit easier than like the yeah. rest of us. Um, even though like nothing easier through, in, in yeah, some aspects. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. definitely COVID was not easy, but like I don't know. It's, the, it's I, weird, I think the online man. more of the online like it was like the online part. It was like there was ways. I mean, all the everything was online, so it's like the kids didn't have to study anymore. They just and I think that's why we're seeing like. Obviously, we had people dropping out our freshman year, but like, uh, honestly, the biggest thing that I can witness for the past two years is just the ease of these kids going. Yeah, nope, done. Not doing it. Yeah. Like, once, I, I, the, once they hit the hard point, they're they're done. They don't want to like work through the adversity, or they they don't want to push through anything. It's like once they hit that wall, they completely give up because they've never had to do it before. They've all been shielded by parents or teachers in one aspect or another so as soon as they get to college it's like oh this is this is hard like i'm not doing this like just this year we had a receiver come in and on the very first day we were doing our 300 yard shuttle which is our conditioning test and it's two sets of the 300 yard shuttle with a one minute break in between he ran his first 300 yard shuttle and he literally walked off the field and never came back because it was too hard for him I can't like, imagine doing that. That's ridiculous. I couldn't, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't imagine just quitting. I mean, I went through what I went through. I mean, with my injury and stuff, and it was like, yeah, I was thinking of quitting, but at the same time, it's like I, I've already played four years. Why, why stop now? And I'm and our done. our coach does say it every year at the banquet, and you know, I've also heard it at high school high school football banquets, and I've heard it at uh, my brother's college banquet, it takes a special person to do four years of college football. Oh, it is yeah. not, it's yeah. not easy. And honestly, I think it's not easy to do any college sport for four years. No, and I'm definitely realizing that with track. Um, the amount of I... times that I've heard like Corey and or Nate go like, I don't know, man, I think, I think it might be time for me to hang, hang it up. And I'm like, e e that's not happening. I know you well enough. But and and I think that's the difference between us and like the younger people is that we may like it might creep 
into our subconscious from every once in a while that like, I don't know if this is meant for me, but we don't ever act on it. Yeah. Cause like, I definitely see it. in at least the four of us it's, and I, I do see it in some kids, but it's people just don't have the drive to stick anything out. Like it, you Clayton said it best, you know, you, you, you're met with adversity and honestly football was the best teacher for me for that like as soon as you meet adversity you either fold or you figure out a way to go through it and that's what my coach that was the best thing my coach could do for me and and football he also turned into my my track coach too so it was it was great continuity but you know his biggest thing was adversity you got to figure out how to deal with adversity because you know life's not just going to be easy. You got to figure out or you just got to suck it up sometimes and you just got to get through it. And I feel like some people are just too quick to fold because, you know, you might've been the fastest kid on your team. You might've been, you know, the best and brightest or whatever on the field, but then you go to, um, you go to college and then it kind of, it levels that playing field out and then you're no longer that star player. And if you, if you don't have that, then what are you? You either can, become that star player again or since the the playing field's been leveled now you either fall in with the masses or you rise up again so yeah uh, and honestly like and i I was thinking about this because i was thinking about a little bit about high school football and college football and the differences between it um i would say we ran a little bit more in high school than what we do in college like conditioning wise i I, but i will i will say this Says you. I've never, never pushed my body the way I've been pushing it for high school football than I do right now. Like the the off season training. Yeah, I think I've really got serious, like super, super serious about off season training going into my senior year of football. Like I obviously lifted. And like, I did the best I could, but I never really started like focusing on numbers and focusing on increasing those numbers and trying to be the strongest I can be until I was going into my senior year in high school. And the amount of wear and tear that I put on my body in college is insurmountable to high school. But that also comes from the amount of effort that I put in it's a college ball compared to what I put in for high school. Right. And I feel like that comes from like in high school, your hands held every step of the way. You got people pushing you, like getting you like to where you need to be. But in college, we're adults now and you're expected to come in prepared. And it's very evident as the people that don't like prepare properly, because like at the end of the day, you're the only one that knows your limits. So you're the only one that can push yourself to those absolute heights that need that you need to push yourself to, to be a successful college athlete. So it's, it's more just the expectations are higher. No one's going to hold your hand through life and that equates to football. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can come at it from like a different perspective than you guys a little bit because I do do a different sport that's more individualized and it kind of just emphasizes your whole point, Clayton. Like for me, so I started off with sprints and right from the get go, like my first meet, I was like, okay, 
this is totally different. Not where I thought I was going to be, you know, the times that I was hitting and seeing people like you can literally see the feedback on the track for indoor. It's, it's a 200 meter track and outdoor it's a 400 meter track. So for the straightaways, it's a 60 meter for college um, and indoor. And my first 60 meter dash, you can see the feedback at, okay, who is ready for this and who is not ready. And when you're trying to catch up to these guys, you know, five feet is a whole second. It, it's not, but you can see where they have gone and then where you need to get. And it's, you could say the same thing for football too. Yeah. I mean, like I, I think about it like my freshman year, when I came in my freshman year, like, and I was playing nothing but scout team and going against the biggest freaking dudes I've ever seen in my life. Like I was getting my ass handed to me every single day, but there's, there was like two or three plays where I actually won the rep and I'm like, Oh, like, and it, it kind of set a benchmark for me going into my sophomore year. And like, I started figuring out very quickly how I can beat these guys, especially as a defensive lineman. Like it, like I started like that benchmark of like five feet, of like what you were saying, like how that makes up for one second. Like that's how it felt for me going in my sophomore year. Like I started figuring out how to move my body in a certain way, how to move my hands, how to move my feet. Um, and that's the other thing is like in high school, I just used pure muscle to get through anything. Like my stance was horrendous, but like my technique has grown significantly. Um, and I think, like, especially for football, I know I was talking to, we were talking to Darren about this because Darren played one season of college football and he he's played college basketball for all four years now. And I was like, all right, what's the difference? And he, he basically said, um, basketball, definitely physically more hard because of the amount of conditioning, but football mentally, and it's not just about the playbook. Like it's your role on the field. It's, um, you have to think about every single movement. And I don't think my mind fully connected with my body until probably late sophomore year, maybe going into my junior year. And I don't know if it's still fully connected. And I, I think that's the crazy thing about athletics. Like you can get so far in high school athletics, hiding those things. And then you get into college athletics and you immediately, you have to connect your mind and your body together. Because if you know what you're doing with your body and you know how to manipulate it, you will start doing significantly better in any sport you're playing. Right. College athletics have been like the most humbling experience I've ever been a part of. Because like you're saying, if you think that you're do like in, in high school, you can get away with some stuff or you think that you're progressing. And then once you get to college, it's like, okay, now you have to be coachable and also be your worst critic to an even higher level because you have to be competitive with these, you know, freaks of nature, you know, and even at like, regardless of what level you're at, you're going to go up against just animals in that sport. So it, it's honestly 
such a great experience if you get the chance to do college athletics because you're going to learn some stuff about yourself. There has been some absolute freaks of nature that I have witnessed played college football during my time. It's not just been guys I've faced, like guys I've played against. Like, I don't think I'll ever witness another uh, player like Raekwon Greer. Um, and no, I, I feel I like so. Corey's the only other person that have ever seen him or Leo Pamfield. Um, I'll never see another natural like pass rusher like him. Um, and honestly, biggest... honestly, the... right now, Joe Cop. I, I don't think I'll ever see a guy who can fly to the ball like him, especially at his size. Yeah. Like I've never seen anyone like that quick. Just with like the side to side or sideline to sideline speed, his speed is just ridiculous. Yeah, and honestly, like I played against him in high school in my uh, my junior year. We we opened up against them in the Carrier Dome, and we ended up beating that team like thirty seven to thirteen or something. But like he has gotten the last laugh now. Is him being the incredible athlete he is, I've been stuck behind him for two years. <laughs> yeah. Well, Corey, what were you what were you about to say, Corey? Yeah, before so go, you going back to it was well, it was about uh, Raekwon. It was probably one one of the biggest wake up calls I've had. It was freshman year. Ben, you could probably attest to it, but is when it was. I think it was the first day of pads. First day of pads. I was just about to say yeah, that. And. I don't remember. I think there was seven. I think we were running team, and I'm just sitting on the sideline, just witnessing the pace of every the the pace of how everything's going, and all you hear is a huge crack, a huge crack, and then I'm like, "Was oh, that shit. Blake this, Skinner? I don't know who it was, but I someone think it was got Blake lit, Skinner. Someone got lit up, and I'm like, "Shit, this is what college football is." And yeah, oh that my was, god, that yeah. was the biggest wake up call for I because I had no idea idea the how i had never really understood then the change of pace that and that happens every single year that happens every single year there's always that freshman that hits that crossing route and either a middle linebacker or safety absolutely crushes him the first day of pads um i mean joe joe did it uh, a couple years ago um with one of our receivers um freshman receiver who ended up being really good for us um but yeah, like, and it didn't really dawn on me the past few years because I'm like, ah, first day pads, let's go. But I completely agree with you, Corey. That freshman year when I saw Kwani absolutely light that kid up, that was like, oh, this is college ball. Like, this is this is a real deal. Like, um, the change of pace was probably the biggest thing that I had to overcome. And I had a little bit. I had a little bit of ease into it because I did I did the all-star game. Now, I got put in as an offensive lineman for the all-star game, which is hilarious because I am one of the worst offensive linemen ever. If I got to go against myself, like, I would have a field day. I lean like I lean like a motherfucker. I give away where I'm going the entire time. It's I'm such a bad offensive lineman. But I'm the, I'm the same way. I mean, <laughs> in high school, I don't know why my coach thought this was a good idea. We, one of our linemen had a concussion and wasn't really, he wasn't comfortable coming back and playing. So the first three games of my high school career, I'm playing left tackle, 
never played it in my entire life, and I got told this that I'm playing left tackle the day of the game. The day of our opening game, I get told that I'm playing left tackle. <laughs> I, I think I let up four sacks. Um, I had the um, one of the guys I had to block uh, is now I, I'm pretty sure he's a D1 wrestler at Binghamton. Clayton, do you know the name Colin Burns? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had to block him. Nope, he went. He shot right through my gap every single time. And <laughs> it, it, oh god, I was so bad. I I had an Why experience like that too. My junior year. Uh, we were playing Shitawaga in the playoffs. It was the only ever game that I got pulled from that I started in, in my entire athletic career. I got pulled because he shot the gap every single time. And I just, I couldn't block him. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to stop him. He was just too fast. But um, honestly, we're, we're going to end up wrapping up here. Um, the meeting's about to end again. And uh, we, <laughs> I think we went a little bit longer than expected, but I think this, this went really well and uh, we'll, we'll get to do it again. This is, this is fun boys. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we get to do this more in the future, but um, any, any last remarks before we, we head out? Oh, this shit's fun. Yeah. You know, um, we, we did discuss it a little bit um, that maybe once we're done with this, we can think about, uh, making our own hopefully um, you know I'll talk to Easy D about that but um, yeah boys are buzzing um, so I'll end it on uh, go Bills yeah. go Bills <laughs>